0: Bigly and Maratha Boardings. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Bigly Blast. Remember when Devin Booker talked about the previous culture of the Suns when he said, quote, I've seen some bleep. Well, that is exactly how longtime Cardinal fans feel about their football team. We have definitely seen some bleep. There were seven seasons in a span of eight years with 10 or more losses. There was the 2000 team that had a point differential of minus 233. And the 2018 team with Steve Wilkes, Mike McCoy. Boy and Josh Rosen, that was death from a thousand skunks. But there's been nothing like the drama and dysfunction accompanying this year's team, and if these Cardinals lose out and finish with 13 L's, they will go down as the worst Arizona Cardinals team of all time, and that is unbelievable. It's also very necessary because, once again, Michael Bidwell needs to learn from the previous culture of the Phoenix Suns, a basketball team team that crashed and burned with the owner's need to control everything including the people in basketball ops. A team that magically took flight when James Jones took over, put up guardrails for the owner, and then hired Monty Williams. That is the task facing the Cardinals owner because at the moment, they don't have a culture. They don't have an identity. They haven't had a real leader at the top since Bruce Arians, and with five victories in their last 21 games, they have a serious credibility crisis with their fan base, one that only dramatic change is going to cure. All right today's bickley blast brought to you by my great friends at chapman bmw make luxury affordable find them online at chapman com.
1: yeah i mean like i said I, i've been really appreciative of, of the guys effort, of professionalism it's just been a lot to overcome at times and then we ca- can't compound it with some of the mistakes we've had and so it's uh, been the perfect storm at times to um kind of get us where we're at but um they continue to show up and, and uh, play hard and, and work hard, and, and that's all you can ask with the group we have.
2: Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, yesterday following a 24-15 loss to the Denver Broncos, which, I mean, the Broncos scoring 24, that's like scoring a million for another NFL team. Right. Uh, the running game in the second half punished the Cardinals defense totally turned the game around Cardinals now four and ten they've still never won a game in Denver they were officially eliminated from the uh, playoff picture they've lost four straight the the reality of losing seven in a row going into the offseason um, is it it's a real strong possibility at this point yeah because this team right now bic does not look capable For a number of reasons, but does not look capable of winning a football game. Uh, You know they were winning at halftime yesterday. They were winning their last against the Chargers. They were uh, the Patriots. One of those games they were up uh, at halftime. (laughs) They're all Uh blending together Uh now. But the reasons for that, yes, injuries and personnel a factor. But Cliff Kingsbury is not helping matters either. No, Uh, his inconsistency. where he punted. You know, a fourth and one play. you know near midfield that 's normally been a we 're going for it, and they
0: punted the ball away, which to me really felt cowardly yeah it 's like okay you 're doing that now you 're playing traditional conservative and there's and there's value in that the way your defense was playing, and the the fact that you were playing a broncos offense that 's really really bad but but if your identity is to be aggressive and go for it on fourth down. Fourth and one Mm -hmm. in in a a nothing to lose situation? In a 3-3 game, fourth and one at the 48-yard line after, uh,
2: you know, turned into another three and out. And that was in that stretch in the second quarter when these teams
0: were trading, you know, three and outs. Yeah. But then and,
2: you're going to play field position there. Right.
0: So so to me, I, I, I don't know what the answer is here with this. I, I do think that I, I kind of sensed this happening a couple of weeks ago, that the heat was going to change. The Kyler Murray injury was going to shift the heat from Cliff Kingsbury to Steve Kime, And that was before all the, the medical leave of absence, uh, the Sean Coogler accusations, which the team um, refuted in full throat over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, left no ambiguity about it whatsoever. No. So you you don't know where that story is going, if it's going any place at all. But but to me, the embarrassments have been stacked one upon another from the Patrick Peterson just. Uh, up and down. And so to me, it, it something dramatic has got to happen. Uh, this is an interesting name. Uh, Walter Mitchell, who writes for Revenge of the Birds, does a really nice job with his opinion pieces. Um, he pointed out Malik Boyd is the Bills' senior director of pro personnel. He had a long run as a scout in the Cardinals' Uh, franchise during their winning a stretch in history. And he's been with the Bills since 2017, and, and and obviously they've done a good job at assembling and building a culture. That's an interesting name. I had not thought of that, but that's a name that's out there. Again, the most important thing, really, as referenced in The Blast, uh, you have to learn this lesson from the Phoenix Suns because Robert Sarver kept trying repeatedly to hire youthful, inexperienced people from within because uh, it was the path of least resistance and certainly the path of least financial um, cost and you see where it got us and it got us no place fast and you, you see what good culture did to an organization that had no culture and and we're living it now and and the sun's culture is now considered to be one of the best in the NBA yes okay so so that's got and I know I've mentioned this a, a handful of times but to me you've got a you've got an example. Right in your backyard. Right in your backyard. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. We, we haven't heard from Michael Bidwell.
2: Um, you know, there has been reports. He's been. Of, cra- it's been strangely silent
0: throughout yes, all of this.
2: But we don't. We don't have any idea if he thinks this is a culture issue. If it's a culture issue, yeah, you got to go to the outside mm-hmm. because you can't have remnants of that. You know, tainted culture. And I hate to refer to two guys who I think have bright futures in NFL front offices that way, but they're part they're part of the problem yeah they're part of the culture part of the culture, yeah. which is the problem
0: yeah and, and again, so, so again, I can't stress this enough it really you've got to look at somebody who's done the job already and done it very well. Understands what winning culture is, understands how to draft well so you can rebuild this football team from the bottom up um, instead of just throwing pricey contracts at aging veterans in desperate attempts to stay relevant. And so it's got to be done right. And this is an opportunity to, to make right. Um, I Clearly, the, the number one choice for me, and I think a lot of people would be go to Sean Payton and just gauge his interest. Even though I don't think that this is something that's going to appeal to him now, you know, if maybe this second report um, over the weekend from Adam Schefter that Kyler Murray is expected to be ready from day one of the regular season, which I think is pretty preposterous, but it, you know that might change the way coaching candidates look at the job. Maybe, maybe not. Um, that's where I would go first because he's a proven guy, and I, I've i seen what his teams look like. I've seen what they feel like, and, and that that cat knows what he's doing, and he knows how to bring accountability to a locker room. And that is something that is obviously very, very, very sorely needed here. Yeah, you can text your thoughts
2: to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, believe it or not, there was plenty of entertaining football around the NFL this weekend. We'll get into some of those games next. It's pickley and Murata. On this Big Red Monday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
3: Big Red Monday and Big and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. I cannot say enough about our fans. I mean, uh,
2: although uh, I felt it and heard some of the. Um, you know some of the rightly due displeasure with our team in the first half Uh, the moment that we could get some um, you know enthusiasm back in this building no
3: matter how far-fetched it seemed that we would come back our fans were right there and uh, you felt them it was unbelievable and and then shoot when I don't know if I've heard a building like that um, like
2: we did in the end and um, that energy is what has really pushed us all year and when we needed them the
3: most they were at their best
2: that's Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, who made NFL history on Saturday uh, in the early game. 33 to nothing. They're down at halftime to the Indianapolis Colts, who have had a terrible season, and they come back and they win the game in overtime, 39-36. Outscored the uh, the Colts after
0: halftime, 39-3. Yeah, at halftime, Patrick Peterson was trying to rally his teammates. He said, come on, all we need is five touchdowns. <laughs> and after the game, Kirk Cousins said, yeah, I thought he was being sarcastic. <laughs> And they went out and got it. <laughs> Listen, uh, as watching that unfold, the, the thought occurred to me that this could be extremely meaningful for that football team because everybody knows the narrative of the Vikings. We've all been waiting for that other shoe to drop, for them to Viking, and for them to kind of come crashing down to earth. And, and at halftime of that game, it seemed to be a thing. It seemed to actually be happening. Right. And for them to come back and put that comeback together is just stunning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, stunning. Saturday
2: morning, I was doing some stuff around the house and, you know, I picked up the phone. And I'm checking Twitter. And I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, that's right. There's football on. And all the reactions were, oh, the Vikings are fraudulent. This is where the real Vikings show up. And I checked the score and I'm like, there's no way I'm watching this game. Yeah. And then you start hearing reports of the comeback. I had to get down to the arena at that point and uh, was listening to the last part of it. But uh, could you imagine losing a game that you led by 33
0: points? No. That's one thing in basketball, but to do it in football, unheard of. Oh, and, and Matt Ryan, as you mentioned earlier, is really wearing this because it, for six years, he has heard people ridicule him for blowing a 28 to three lead in the uh-huh, Super Bowl, uh-huh. which was only partially on him. Right. A lot of it was on play calling and, yes. and the like. Uh, and, you know, it, it it wasn't just that he. So he's got the largest blown lead in the Super Bowl. He's got the largest blown lead in an international game. I don't know if you know that. Falcons led the Lions twenty-one zip in twenty fourteen. They lost twenty-two to twenty-one. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> so so he's got a history with this kind of stuff, and I don't know if he's going to wear this. Well, here's how to live this one down. Win. The Colts got a special teams touchdown, a
2: defensive touchdown, and were plus two in turnovers. And lost the damn game. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the narrative, too, was, oh, Kirk Cousins can't trust the team with Kirk right. Cousins, a quarterback. Here, The real Vikings are here. He finishes up 34 of 54, 460 yards, four touchdowns, yeah. two picks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that will be an interesting study to see what a win like that does well, the wind and the sails of the, of the Vikings.
0: I completely agree. I think this really might be something that, that lifts them to a different level. Now, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the NFC. I, I still think they're long shots for that. Mm-hmm. But that offense really flexed, and Dalvin and Cook was sensational, and, and they, they pulled it off. And something They like, have
4: a, a positive uh,
0: point differential now.
4: They're point two or plus two
0: now. Right, right. They're plus two. Okay,
2: they have eleven wins and they're plus two. So they were minus thirty one at one point on Saturday. Yeah,
0: and on the flip side of it all, you remember when Jim Irsay was like ridiculing everybody who was critical of the Jeff Saturday hire?
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's he's finding new crazy ways to lose and it's sort of making people now say boy i guess maybe you just can't take anyone and make them head coach
2: yeah the ravens browns Mm -hmm. game was completely forgettable on saturday that was the middle game oh that was dreadful 13 to 3 i'm glad i didn't have to subject myself to watching that particular game uh the night game between buffalo and miami was a classic Credit to to Miami they you know they went in there and they had targets on them because of their stance on the weather and they thought, hey Miami's being soft, Mike McDaniel wearing the I wish it were colder shirt um, that took every the, the bills needed every second of that game to put mm-hmm. away the Miami dolphins thirty two twenty nine in a classic but a huge loss for for Miami. They're now 8 and 6. Buffalo's, you know, they they started out hot. They went through that stretch where they fell from first in their uh, in the AFC to third in their own division. Mm-hmm. They've righted the ship right now even with all the injuries that they've had. Uh the Dolphins are reeling a little bit right now. They're lucky that the other two teams in their division yes. had brutal losses yeah,
4: this week. Yeah,
0: that's 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 a good point. I I thought the Dolphins handled themselves very well given the elements. Uh it didn't turn out to be the snow globe kind of game people thought. It got nuts though with with Bills fans throwing those ice balls at one point in time they had the to stop came. the game. Yeah. And they they basically said we're going to Call fifteen yard unsportsmanlike penalties on your, on the Bills if you keep this up in Buffalo. Do they have one of those fields like in Green
4: Bay now that has like heaters under the? Because if you I'm saw the, the field, if you saw the the stadium at the beginning of the day, right. which, which got everybody so excited, just like covered in snow, yeah, it was absolutely. Blizzard. Then by, by game time, it was completely and totally clear. And it was it was infuriating to people who
0: were hoping for like a, a blizzard.
2: I, I game. immediately thought of Bick. Like the the visual wasn't there with the
0: snow. I don't, right. I don't know if they it have was, that field. It was kind of yeah. I'm not sure. I, I don't I don't know what the deal is with that with their field and, and and all that. But I can tell you, as of 2013, they did not have a sub field heater. That's okay. the most recent yeah. thing I can find. <laughs> no, right. but they've got a lot of fans so who'll grab a shovel and come yeah, and help out so. if you need this. That's, right. that's kind of the vibe there Pour some and of their Green fireball. On yeah, that, well, right, that's
2: exactly? <laughs> and how about uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, seventeen nothing. They're up on Cincinnati. They end up losing thirty four twenty three. The Bengals reel off thirty four straight points. I,
0: that that blew me away. I I came back to that game and I thought I thought Tampa had it well in hand. And I saw the score. I was like, how did that happen? That doesn't happen to a Tom Brady team. And after four straight the ga- turnovers, yeah. And after the great after the game, Tom Brady said that that the Bengals had a fairly decent with a fairly decent defense. It wasn't even like it's like what are you what are you saying here and then the, the lions getting escaping this weekend and sitting there at 7 and 7 man that's yeah that was a team the lions and the jets
2: i i don't know how many times they've met in december in their histories their respective histories but if they have, I'm sure it didn't mean that much. That was a big game for both teams. Huge win for the Lions. If, if Zach Wilson wasn't unbearably terrible,
4: <laughs> the Jets probably would have won. Probably. If that's like an, an all-season long, they're like actually a good team with a terrible quarterback.
0: I snagged this tweet that made a lot of sense to me. Quote, Tom Brady lost a 17-point lead for the first time ever to lose an eighth regular season game for the first season ever. And Bill Belichick's team now owns perhaps the most situationally boneheaded play of all time, the NFL is officially off its axis.
2: <laughs> it's true. Yeah, not only that, but the Patriots, remember they lost that the, the Miami Miracle game four years ago? They did. That's right.
0: Kenny great game.
2: Yeah, this one, I think, usurps that as the, the most painful loss. Without a doubt. Because that was just, you know, the, the Dolphins made a good play. It was shoddy defense by yeah. the Patriots, but I still I, I can watch that play a million oh, times and I probably will it'll never make sense to me what they did. Well, from start and you to
0: will watch it a million times. It's been on a million times already this morning. <laughs> I know. And it's so funny because as you pointed out, if you watch the entire play, Chandler Jones is down on the ground at, long after Ramondre Stevenson is gone. Yeah. And he just gets up late and gets up just in time to catch this gift pass that's thrown to him. Yeah, and then who uh, is he throwing
4: to? Like I'm watching it right now. Like he he turns around and just lobs the ball to the middle of the
2: field. He was throwing it to Mac Jones, and <laughs> it's one of the
0: worst throws in the history of football, too. One of the worst targets in the history yeah. of football. As you said, even if Mac Jones gets the ball, he's, <laughs> he's got no destroyed. blockers. He can't throw the ball downfield. And he's one of the slowest dudes in the world. And as we've pointed out
4: several times. They weren't losing.
2: No. There no. was no need to do this. Yeah, that play ends, they're guaranteed a chance to go to overtime. Oh, crazy stuff. What um, a weekend. Cardinals fall in Denver. Yesterday, we'll talk some Cardinals football with Kyle Vandenbosch. Next, it's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Woo! Woo! Let's go! Let's
3: go! Big Red Monday. Bigley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Come on, come on. Come on. Presented by Sanderson Ford.
4: The best play is at Sanderson Ford. McSorley back to pass. Lobs a deep left side. Intercepted at the 30-yard line by Sertan. He takes a seat at the 37. The Cardinals are going to lose their 10th game of the season. A year after winning double-digit games.
2: Dave Pash on the final call basically yesterday from Denver, twenty four fifteen Broncos. Do hand the Cardinals the loss. They are four and ten with three weeks to play, and it is the definition of playing out the string and here to talk about it with us from the Cardinals radio broadcast team. Kyle Vandenbosch, our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Kyle, good morning. Good
3: morning guys.
2: Thanks for having me. Uh thanks for uh, joining us again. We appreciate it. We were kind of joking around, uh, you know, the the level of excitement going into this game wasn't the highest considering the the two uh, combatants and the first half was just kind of a snooze fest uh, as well, but that second half, I thought it was just a case Kyle of of uh Nathaniel Hackett changing the philosophy, stopping stopping uh you know, trying to drop back and pass all on every play and that running game just punished the Cardinals in the second half.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, I I think they did a better job of adjusting than we did. Um, You know, I think they initially they saw who we rolled out there at cornerback and, and our lack of depth and and they were trying to pass it even with a backup quarterback. Um, But I mean, they couldn't block our defensive front, particularly JJ Watt. And with, it seemed like they had a, a guard get injured every other play, so I think they were down to um, their backups to their backups on the offensive line as well, and and they went to a ground game, and and you know again. You know, it's, there is no common theme with this team, except inconsistency is, is the common theme because um, it seems like different areas um, seem to be a concern for this team um, in a week-in and week-out basis. And, and um, you know, um, I talked about this post-game last night, but, you know, here we are 14 games into an NFL season. I don't know what our identity is on offense. Um, it looked like we were going to start building around a run game, and for some reason we didn't stick with that in the first. First half and and on defense, um, you know, for a team that wasn't great at pass rushing and, and getting after the quarterback all year, they certainly did that yesterday. But um, they couldn't stop the run, so it it um, you know you plug uh, one hole in the dam and another one pops.
0: Yeah, that's a very very good analogy. All right, before I get into some of the heavier stuff, what about what about JJ Watt's performance yesterday? As a fellow D lineman, you must have been kind
3: of inspired by that. I was. I, I mean. Quite honestly, it was, the impressive thing was um, these weren't coverage sacks. He was winning and winning quickly. Yeah. Um, he still shows incredible movement, quickness, suddenness um, at his age. Um, you know, one sack, in particular, in the first half, he was lined up head up um, on the the right tackle, and he came all the way to the opposite a gap and got that sack, and it must have been under about two seconds. So, um, you know, he's still got it. He's he's still dynamic, and and you got to assume that you know, most of their attention was going to J.J. Watt without Zach Allen in the lineup, and he was still able to be disruptive and, and have have a first half for the ages, really.
0: Now, before the game, there was a report that came out from a CBS Sports Football Insider who, who claims the rumblings are that, that Michael Bidwell might be inclined to make a major overall here from top down what what do you think is important if if the cardinals are going to rebuild this culture what what are important points to emphasize when it comes to winning culture in the NFL
3: no i think that's it it's culture um you know i think it was late in that fourth quarter wolf and pass were talking about you know, how you can see teams that are historically bad building a culture. You look at the Detroit Lions, you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, um, and, and also Wolf, shortly after that, talked about, you know, one of the biggest needs that they need to address this offseason is physicality. Well, physicality isn't necessarily in the personnel it's in your culture um you know i think a lot of people watched the detroit lions hard knocks in the preseason and thought that they were kind of the way they approached thing was it was a bit um old school and you know uh, it, it didn't look like today's nfl where they were tackling to the ground and they were hitting and and they were physical all throughout training camp but here they are late in the season and that is paying dividends for them that's their identity they're a physical Team and you know just watching the Cardinals through training camp, um, it, it, it was you know there was really no semblance of physicality of hitting of of what to me um, you, you know you get late in the season that's what NFL football comes down to the ability to run the football to be able to stop the ability to stop the run and you know so many times late in the season when everybody's beat up it's the more physical team that comes out on top and, you know, I can't, you know, with the exception of really the last two games um, against, uh, you know, where James kind of really ran the ball well, I thought, I thought we were physical up front, but it's, it's not, consistent and I wouldn't there's very few games where we get to the end of the fourth quarter and I think wow the Cardinals were really the more physical team on the football field and that's not necessarily a personnel thing that that comes from um, your mentality at training camp comes from your mentality throughout your week of practice and and you know at this point in the season that's something that you really can't turn around. Kyle Vandenbosch
2: is our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line as we talk uh, Cardinals football and you know looking back at your career as a player, Kyle, uh, you know you you played on some good teams in Tennessee, you played on a playoff team in Detroit, uh, you played on some bad teams too, especially at the beginning of your year when you know you you were a Cardinals draft pick. Uh, And when things are not going well at this point of the season, can you describe how difficult that is on players in terms of motivation, or is that overblown? Is it is it um, you know players still able to get motivated? It's Just more, um, you know, being a part of a a, a losing culture, as you talked about.
3: It really depends on the personality of the player. Um, You know, I I felt like. You could plug on tape of me um, any game throughout my career, and it would, it would look the same. The effort would look the same. The attitude would look the same. Um, quite frankly, um, I played some of my better games when our playoff hopes were eliminated. Um, and and it is something that, that I took pride in. But at the same time, um, you know, you know, you understand as a player right now um, that that the front office, um, the coaching staff, they're going through heavy evaluations. It's almost as much about evaluating what we have for next year than it is about winning any of these last three games And so players start to go um, outside of of their responsibility. Players start to take chances, trying to make plays, trying to flash, um, trying to show, um, you know, that that they're a valuable asset to this team. And that that never ends up well. Um, You know, it's in the end, you know, you can get by with a few players doing that. But this is the ultimate team sport. And when players are jumping out of their gaps to try to make a play or trying to jump routes to get an interception on defense, that's when when you get beat and that's not how football works and it it will never work that way. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, and and the biggest thing I was looking for, I expected them to come out um, and play hard uh, from the beginning. It's, it's with, with teams like, like the Cardinals, with what they're dealing with this year, you look to see how they're going to respond in the here we go again moment. And Mm -hmm. really it was when, to me, when, when Cole McCoy got hurt, you could kind of, feel the deflation from the team oh, yeah. and it was the, here we go again, like yeah. we are you, you get the feeling that you're cursed and and, and you're just waiting for that next shoe drop and, and something bad to happen to the team. That's funny because you know, I'm watching the game and I'm like,
0: the ones doing the hitting seem to be in the game but the ones getting hit, it seems like their, their motivation was waning as the game was going on. Alright, what did you think of that wild Patriots Raiders ending where Chandler Jones goes from lying on the field um just <laughs> thinking the play was Going the other direction, stands up, and a dude throws him the football, and off he goes to the races. <laughs>
3: Uh, that it was nuts. It was nuts. Nuts. I mean there was some cra- there was some crazy football over the weekend. Um exciting football, exciting ending. ending so, you know, I apologize to Cardinals fans cuz our game was not one of them, but um <laughs> it, it it was it was nuts and, and quite frankly, look, Chandler Jones is is far more talented than I ever was. He's he's a way better pass rusher than I ever was. He's not known for a, a, a guy who's running 40 yards downfield pursuing ball carriers and he was actually uh, I mean, it, you want to talk about right place at the right time. Um, I mean, gave almost zero effort after missing <laughs> that tackle and laid on the ground, and somehow, you know, 35 yards away from the ball carrier, the ball ends up in his hands, and he wins the game, and and and, 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 and he's the hero. I mean, I, I I mean, I don't know how that happens.
2: Yeah, especially after the year that he's had. Kyle, always good to Thank have you, you on brother. Mondays. We appreciate it. We'll talk again soon.
3: Yeah, thanks guys. Have
2: thank, a good day. Thank you, Kyle Vandenbosch with the Cardinals radio team. Our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, uh, it's Sunday as well. Suns have the Lakers in town tonight, and coming off an emotional, historic win over the Pelicans on uh, Friday night. What's that, Friday or Saturday? Saturday night. <laughs> we'll get into uh, Devin Booker's masterpiece and more next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader goes in for a wham, bam, slam. Sunday brought to you by Coco Five, Bickley and
3: Marotta mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: You know this is. You know, always bring it back to the franchise that believed in me, you know, that drafted the 18 year old kid, you know, out of Kentucky. So um, to be here through the ups and downs and, you know, to have the struggle years and the people still stay with us, stay with me and, and believe um you know to do it here in front of our home crowd was very important.
2: It's Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns following his uh, footprint center record 58 points he had previously set the Suns high uh, with 51 against Chicago but he breaks Gilbert Arenas's arena record for scoring and oh by the way spearhead's a 24 point comeback Saturday night Suns get a win over the New Orleans Pelicans a needed win over oh, yeah. the Pelicans and um like that quote I saw that in print and to hear Devin Booker say that, to read those words from Devin Booker, it's just reinforcement that this guy is different from everybody else. In today's NBA, you, know, you come into the league, you have some success, the team doesn't have success, 99 times out of 100, those players are wanting to get out. And Devin Booker, there's been speculation and he's always shot it down. I'm not going anywhere. Wanted to, you know, at one point said I want to build a super team here in Phoenix. At the time, it seemed like a pipe dream. And here he is, you know, at, at 26 years old with his fifth career 50-point game. Should have been 60. He missed some free throws that uh, kept him from 60 and actually joked around about that.
1: Oh, man, don't get me started on that. I'm going to have to hear about that for a long time. Hey, bud. Yeah. From my dad, for sure. He's probably probably waiting in the hallway right now. He won't even smile.
2: I'm serious. That was a virtuoso <laughs> performance, even with
0: the missed free throws. And, and how about this for a role, of role reversal? How about it, the opposing coach complaining about the officiating in a game against the Suns? Yeah, that was new. Huh? Devin Booker shot 15 free throws. Yeah, yeah that was different.
2: <laughs> and the differential was pretty consistent throughout the game it doesn't happen often for the suns but you know just it, it, that again was a testament to devin booker's aggressiveness cuz he wasn't settling for a lot of, of of jump shots although he was hitting his threes you know, he was driving you know, he was mm-hmm. taking the ball whether it was zion williamson on him or dyson daniel's on him just a performance where you, you're, you know, again, reminded of how effortless he makes scoring look, even when the defense is going well, against him.
0: Well, listen, see, to, to me, when I look at this and I zoom out, I, I thought I thought that game was going to be important for the Phoenix Suns and their mindset, particularly against the Pelicans, regardless of who's playing and who's not playing. And when you dial out. This month, I guess, until we get into trading season, it's basically survival mode for this team, right? I mean, they've been battling their own injuries. They're missing Cam Johnson, quite obviously. Uh The Jay Crowder piece is still lingering out there. Um, DA has been injured. Chris Paul has been injured. It's really kind of, as you pointed out, not not falling down the... Too far down the pecking order in this month of December, and, and that's to me kind of why Saturday night felt so big. You, you get out from the individual heroics, which which were quite profound, um, and I, lo- I love Devin Booker getting the water shower after the <laughs>
2: Yeah, he didn't seem to love it so no, much. No, he didn't
0: <laughs> seem to love it. <laughs> uh, but that that to me just spoke to a guy really rising up when his team really needed. We've seen Devin Booker go off before in games. We, we've seen him post huge numbers. Saturday was a game when it felt like the huge number came in a game when if it hadn't happened, had he not gone nuclear, we might be th- di- trying to digest another loss to the Pelicans. And, uh, yeah, so,
4: and also one of the things we're like, OK, Dallas looks like they have the Suns number. Does New Orleans also have the Suns' number? These
2: Are there now two teams that they want to avoid in the playoffs? Well, th- th- to make—and yeah, and no, the Pelicans didn't have uh, Brandon Ingram in that game. He's been out for a while. Uh, well, they were certainly more put together than the Suns were in that game. Uh, Devin Booker talked about that, setting the tone against that particular team.
1: I mean, it was important. You know, we dropped two games to those guys just last week, and now the series is 2-2 for the season. Um, you know, a potential matchup in the playoffs and we understand that. So... Just want to come out and set the tone.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Pelicans are a really good basketball team. They're quickly growing on the list of teams that is disliked by the Suns fan base. But Devin Booker's right. I mean, for them to go to New Orleans and lose those two games, we know what happened in the first game with the you know buzzer uh, 360 dunk by Zion Williamson. Devin Booker kind of returned the favor, oh, shoot, yeah, shooting did. a three for 61 points uh, at the buzzer when it wasn't necessary. Um, And, you know, his quote was very, very short at the end of the game. They asked him about it just playing to the end. Yeah. That was a response. Uh Uh, Even though... You know, not it wasn't to a man that the sons were bothered by what Zion Williamson did. Some of them were, some of them weren't. Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton said he didn't care. Mikael Bridges said he didn't care. Monty Williams said he didn't care. That bothered some people. That bothered some people who you know, uphold the unwritten rules of basketball. Uh, the only reason I wanted to see it get in because I thought Devin Booker deserved sixty.
0: Would it have felt a little cheap to get it on that? Well, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And that, but that's my thing. It, so if if you're going to be critical of one, you've got to be critical yes. of the other. I, I'm fine with both. I I think Devin Booker's might have been a little more self-serving than Zion, because well, I think he was going for 60. But at the same time, you could make an argument that Devin Booker was trying to give the fans what they wanted yes. to see. You can make that argument, yes, just it, like Zion Williamson was doing the same as it, well. Exactly. So you go, um, that was the defense
2: of what Zion did. Well, you know, he broke an unwritten rule, but the, the show of athleticism, he gave the fans what they wanted.
0: Yeah, the degree of difficulty, i
2: never that. Attended a sixty-point game before. I would have loved to have seen it, mm-hmm. but you know it is what it is. Uh, now the problem with it is Devin Booker is on the injury report for tonight. Still a questionable. The the latest update uh, has Booker still questionable for tonight with uh, groin soreness. DeAndre ayton that still That probably means his dad kicked him in the <laughs> junk for missing those free throws. Wow. Take um, it that seriously. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, he's questionable with a left ankle sprain. They still don't have uh, Cameron Payne. Dwayne Washington is still out. Cam Johnson, of course, is out. And Jock Landale is out. So the numbers are getting pretty thin for the Suns, which makes also I wanted to single out a player uh, that got some applause from Devin Booker, too. Josh Okogie was absolutely brilliant without scoring a basket in that game against new Orleans mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Uh, here's Booker on Josh Akogi's con- contribution. I mean, he's just, you know, he, he's a
1: worker, you know, he's not, not going to give in, you know, those, those plays hurt, you know, him offensive rebounds. And then on the other end, he's making it tough on you every time. Um, I mean, I had a short training camp with him, but he was doing the same thing with me in training camp, just making it tough, making it tough every day. Um, you know, so he's that caliber player where, you know, he can go out there and slow down any top, you know, primary scorer in, in the league. You know, and I truly believe that. And, you know, what he does on offense, and people aren't doing either.
2: Yeah, it was interesting, too, in that game, Bick, because, you know, Monty Williams didn't have the DeAndre Aiton option to throw at Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. And Zion started slow against Torrey Craig, but as the game wore on and he got more comfortable... Monty went with Joshua Kogey, who's a lot smaller than Tory Craig on the huge Zion Williamson. And Zion got his points and shot a ridiculous percentage again. But had to work for him. I mean that's uh, talking about, you know, somebody who's that versatile defensively well, where you can yeah. actually throw it at him.
0: Yeah. It and as we said, if if there one of the criticisms of the team in its current um formation would be just the lack of general athleticism on the team. Josh Okoge gives you that yeah. and I think that was evident he also gives you some offensive rebounding that was evident so yeah I've been pleasantly surprised with him. Yeah he's uh, he's, he's having the kind of year I thought Ish was going to have
2: That's a good point a, a lot of people thought and and Ish Wainwright in small doses has kind of provided that same energy but I'll tell you what else Josh Okoge doing. He's taking all of Landry Shamit's minutes because Landry continues to struggle
0: Oh, I don't yes. think most Suns fans have a yeah. problem
2: with him getting those minutes. No. Uh
0: by the way, I also this is this is crazy. I also uh saw the stat for the most 50 point games in Suns history. Book has got 5, Tom Chambers had 2, everybody else one. <laughs> really? Yeah. Tony Delk. Tony, Clifford Robinson, yeah. uh-huh. Charles Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, there's only two players that have had more than two? Yeah, how about that? And Book's got five. There's only one player who's had more than two. And, uh, right. Yeah, true. No so two players, Tom Chambers and Devin Booker. has well, two. Oh, than, I'm sorry, yeah, more I'm than, than two. two. Okay, yeah. Plus right. the
2: stat, too. Shut you know, up, Bickley! Sixth youngest player to get to 12,000 points, and I, I think there's only two ahead of him that actually played college basketball. Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony got there quicker. Everybody else came straight out of high school, so had that age advantage going in. Just an amazing performance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, suns and Lakers tonight, 7 o'clock. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app, N98.7. Coming up next, we got to hit some social studies. We'll hit Twitter. Sarah Cazell will take us through it next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.